0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. I'm your host and Bible guide, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Hope you have your Bible open in front of you today to Job chapter 39. This is the second chapter in the Lord's reply to Job. Job. By the way, we should pause and notice here that it is the Lord who is replying to Job. In Job thirty-eight one, it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said. Now, if you look at your Bibles, you'll notice that Lord is spelled capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And that indicates the personal name of God, the name Yahweh. And that is significant because We haven't seen that name since Job chapter 2. In the opening drama, God is referred to by name, but in the entire dialogue between chapters 3 and 37, he is referred to merely as El or El Shaddai, that is God or God Almighty, but never by his personal name. Now, obviously this means something. David Atkinson, for example, says, Throughout chapters 3 to 37, the name Yahweh is not used. God is called El Shaddai, God the Almighty. In the book of Job, this has become a way of speaking of God as detached and distant. So the reintroduction of God's personal name here in chapter 38 is a way of saying that the friends were wrong. They were not wrong to speak of God's power, they were not wrong to speak of his wisdom but they were wrong in thinking that such a God could not also be intimate, interested, and near. They didn't know that. Job is learning that here. And, of course, we know it climactically through the incarnation of Jesus Christ, which, of course, is still a fair ways off in this story. Hear now the word of the Lord, beginning at verse 1. Do you know when the mountain goats give birth? Do you observe the calving of the does? Can you number the months that they fulfill? And do you know the time when they give birth, when they crouch, bring forth their offspring, and are delivered of their young? Their young ones become strong. They grow up in the open. They go out and do not return to them. In the last chapter, I quoted Klaus Westerman, who says that all of these questions that God asks in the speech are really just one question. Are you creator or creature, Job? Are you God or man? And that remains true here in chapter 39. The Lord is asking Job a series of questions intended to remind him that he's not God. There is so much that Job doesn't understand. The universe is immense and complex, and there are many things happening that Job is completely ignorant of, but that God understands completely. That is the major theme being developed here. Over the course of this chapter, the focus turns to the animal kingdom. We were talking about the universe and cosmology in the last chapter. Here we zoom in a bit and begin thinking about the management of just this one little planet, which of course is still way beyond the capacity of Brother Job. Are you even capable of managing the mountain goats, Job? Do you even know when they need to go to their breeding grounds? And of course, the answer is that he is not. He's not up to speed on even the breeding habits of the mountain goats because he is Job. And Job is not God. Verse 5. Who has let the wild donkey go free? Who has loosed the bonds of the swift donkey? to whom I have given the arid plain for his home and the salt land for his dwelling place. He scorns the tumult of the city. He hears not the shouts of the driver. He ranges the mountains as his pasture, and he searches after every green thing. The wild donkey here is actually an onager, which is a species of wild horse or donkey. Wikipedia tells me that they are reddish brown or yellowish brown in color, and have broad dorsal stripes on the middle of the back. Unlike most horses and donkeys, onagers have never been domesticated. They are among the fastest mammals, and they can run as fast as 64 kilometers an hour, up to maximum speeds of 70 kilometers an hour. I don't know if that helps you or edifies you in any way, but God is asking Job a question. Do you understand Onagers, Job, do you know why some donkeys were domesticated and some were not? Why is the onager resistant to human oversight? He doesn't resist me, Job. I have him well in hand. Why can't you seem to manage this magnificent beast? And of course, the answer is because Job is a creature himself and not God. Verse 9. Is the wild ox willing to serve you? Will he spend the night at your manger? Can you bind him in the furrow with ropes? Or will he harrow the valleys after you? Will you depend on him because his strength is great? And will you leave to him your labor? Do you have faith in him that he will return your grain and gather it to your threshing floor? The wild ox referred to here was a beast known as the aurochs. Again, according to Wikipedia, the aurochs is an extinct species of large wild cattle that inhabited Europe, Asia, and North Africa. It is the ancestor of domestic cattle. The species survived in Europe until 1627. So again, like the Onager, God seems to be pointing at an animal that has resisted human domestication, but which obviously would have been very useful. Why can't you manage the oryx, Job? Think how handy a beast like that would be. And if you can't manage the oryx, Job, what makes you think that you're qualified to run the universe? And what makes you think that you are capable of judging how I am running the universe, Job? That's a good question. And of course, Job doesn't have a good answer. Verse 13. The wings of the ostrich wave proudly, but are they the pinions and plumage of love? For she leaves her eggs to the earth and lets them be warmed on the ground, forgetting that a foot may crush them and that the wild beast may trample them. She deals cruelly with her young as if they were not hers, though her labor be in vain, yet she has no fear because God has made her forget wisdom and given her no share in understanding. When she rouses herself to flee, she laughs at the horse and his rider. Here God seems to be saying that he runs the universe pretty much as he pleases. Thank you very much. He gives certain characteristics to one creature, and he withholds other characteristics from another. He made the ostrich fast, but he did not make it very smart. And that's entirely his business. Once again, God is reminding Job that he is not in a position to sit in judgment on God's management of the universe. God is the creator, and he does what he pleases, and he doesn't need to explain those choices to Job. However, there's probably a secondary point here, too. God didn't make the ostrich wise, Tremper Longman says here. This observation supports one of the major themes of the book. Wisdom comes only from God, closed quote. Apparently, according to verse 19, strength comes also only from God. Verse 19 says, Do you give the horse his might? Do you clothe his neck with a mane? Do you make him leap like the locust? His majestic snorting is terrifying. He paws in the valley and exalts in his strength. He goes out to meet the weapons. He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword. Upon him rattle the quiver The flashing spear and the javelin, with fierceness and rage, he swallows the ground. He cannot stand still at the sound of the trumpet. When the trumpet sounds, he says, aha! He smells the battle from afar, the thunder of the captains and the shouting. Here God seems to be saying that he gave the horse its marvelous characteristics, its strength, its courage, its fierce and proud nature. He did that and you can barely hold on for the ride. You are a user of things God has made. Hear that, Brother Job. I am the maker, God says. You are the user. I made the horse. You can barely ride the thing. Verse 26. Is it by your understanding that the hawk soars and spreads his wings toward the south? Is it at your command that the eagle mounts up and makes his nest on high on the rock he dwells and makes his home on the rocky crag and stronghold. From there he spies out the prey. His eyes behold it from far away. His young ones suck up blood and where the slain are, there he is. Here God is asking whether it was Job who gave instinct to the hawk. Birds do so many things by instinct. They know when to fly south, and they migrate all over the world as if they had some kind of hardwired GPS. Did you give that to them, Job? Did you show them where to fly and where to nest? No? And why is that, Job? Because I am the creator, and you are not. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to End of the Word. If you're interested in additional resources or previous episodes and series, you can find those over the website at ww.into-word.ca. You can also check us out on Facebook, and I hope you do. We have a growing community of Bible readers over there, and we post daily encouragements and conversation starters. Hope to see you there. And hope to see you again tomorrow, right here for another episode of Into the Word.